We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Budweiser's weekday sports beat continues on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. It is Wednesday, and that means Brian Driscoll time. You just you were just telling me off the air. You just drove back from Virginia after that trip to Virginia Tech and family and all that stuff yesterday, huh? Yes, quite quite the adventure. Oh my goodness. <laughs> How long did that take? Did you drive it straight through for the most part? Yeah, I did. It took about 13, 14 hours. Good goodness. Man. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Now you were, so you were all the way out on the Atlantic Ocean, basically, right? Yeah, I was in Virginia Beach. Okay. All right. Well, let's get to business here. There's only so much time here, but <laughs> glad you made it back safely. Thank you. <laughs> but, okay, so we got the news of Brendan Clark entering the transfer portal yesterday, and you know, there's there's always when someone decides to transfer, there's you know the you know should he stick it out, should he leave, all that different kind of stuff. When you look at Brendan Clark, though, I mean, he's obviously coming off injury, but you also look at what's in front of him right now and and next year as well. Is this just kind of a case of this is probably the best move for everyone concerned? If he wasn't injured, I'd say no. I think in the case of Brendan, the, the the reason I think his circumstance is a little bit different is clearly his future is not at Notre Dame. Right. No one's surprised by that. No one's surprised that he transferred. I think the timing of it is what yeah. was a little strange, especially after Brian Kelly, you know, made a point to bring him up in Monday's press conference, right. which tells me he was kind of he knew this was coming and wanted to try to convince the kid to stay, which is fine. I mean that's no problem with that. But I think the fact that he has had the injuries he's had and he's trying to come back from that and he can't afford another one, I'd be nervous about being down there on the scout team every day, running around with the scout team O-line and, you know, having to avoid pressures. And, you know, I don't think scout team quarterbacks get hit. But, you know, it's a it's not an easy business. And I, if I were in his shoes, I'd, I'd want to strongly consider, like, do I really want to put myself at risk to be a scout team quarterback and potentially put my own future in jeopardy sure. and that's just me i don't know that to be the case but that would be the reason i would i could see him making the decision to leave 
right in the middle of the season. Well, and we've talked about him before. I mean, the fact that he missed all of the spring, so he missed out on his shot essentially here at Notre Dame. Like if he was going to have a shot, he needed to be out there competing against those guys in the spring. But when you look at at his future now, I mean, what do you, what do you think about Brendan Clark? He's got a nice arm. Could he start for like a you know a mid to lower tier? power five is he a group of five like what do you think his future could hold for him if I were him I'd look at a group of five program I think with his injuries and the fact that he is such a raw player and he's a guy that has some ability like you mentioned he's got a big arm and he's he was athletic prior to the injury I don't know what that's going to look like coming back from Mm -hmm. it but you know really good baseball player he just needs a chance to play and do I if I were in his shoes again no trying to look at if I was his coach or his dad or older brother or whatever the case may be, and I was advising him, do you really want to go somewhere where you're going to have to battle against, you know, kids that they've already recruited and established relationships with, kids that they are recruiting who some may be sort of close enough in talent to you where they may decide to go with the kid that already knows the system or the younger kid or whatever the case may be. It's not about being afraid of competition. It's just about making a smart essentially business decision about what place gives me the best opportunity to go play and play in a system that fits my skill set. So, I mean, look, we've seen Matt quarterbacks get drafted in the first round. We've seen a kid from North Dakota State go, what, number three overall in the draft last year. If if your goal is to play at the next level, they're going to find you no matter where you are. Right. But right now, his goal needs to be to pl- just play. You you don't know. The, the odds of him playing in the National Football League are, are slim at this point in time. He needs to go play football, and this is his last chance to do that. He needs to find a place where they're going to look at him and say, wow, we got a kid like Brandon Clark? Oh, man. And then a place that obviously is going to be able to coach him up and, and build an offense around him. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Brian Driscoll from Irish Breakdown. Com. So, Saturday night, of course, Notre Dame-USC, Jack Cohn's going to start. So, I guess the question is, with these slow starts that, that Jack Cohn and the offense have had, have had, how do you get that kick started with Jack Cohn starting out there? Stop doing what you've been doing. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to be flippant, but like it's like every game they just kind of do the same thing, hoping that it would be different this uh-huh. time, which is not a good idea. You know, look, it, this is what they need to realize is, even if you take the two-minute drives away, right? So Brian Kelly talked about he, – he responded, to, which I thought was a very good question from Tyler James about, you know, looking at what Jack Cohn does well. And he kind of poo-pooed the two-minute nature and teams have been chasing Tyler Buckner around mm-hmm. and all those kind of things, which I thought was a not, a not a great answer. But just take what he did against Florida State. Go watch the first series against Florida State. You know, Notre Dame was pushing the tempo a little bit. They were snapping the ball between like 18 and 22 seconds left on the play clock. They get to a fourth and one on that first series. They have a tight end in the game, a running back in the game, and all five options release on a route. So empty, free release, everybody out, and you know, create some confusion with Florida State. He bangs the touchdown pass to Michael Mayer. You look at the third quarter when you know Florida State comes out at the beginning of the third quarter. They go right down the field and score a touchdown. Well, after the game, when you and I talked, we praised Notre Dame for coming right back, pushing the tempo, taking shots down the field, getting the ball out quick, and they went right down the field and scored. And they kept that pressure up in the third quarter. And Jack Cohn goes 8 of 8 for 164 yards and three touchdown passes. So it's not just then. It's the second half against Purdue. You look at what he does well and build your offense around it. It's it's what I've been saying for a while, Sean, is stop trying to force what you want to be onto your personnel and realize who you are and build around that. And if they do that, they're going to take off. I agree. Well, are you surprised at all that it's it's going to be Cones, you know, because he still said he's you know, that, that Buckner's going to be out there somewhere. Are you surprised it's Cones starting and, and not the other way around? No, uh, Tyler Buckner's not ready to be the starting quarterback. Yeah. I mean, they have to be smart enough to see that. I mean, yes, he did great when he came off the bench, and there's not a lot of film of what that offense is going to look like. But he comes out in the th- second quarter, goes 5 of 8, 101 yards, and, and, and accounts for two touchdowns because he rushed for one. Th- that's phenomenal numbers. I mean, you put that over four quarters, that's – you know, that's 404 yards and eight total touchdowns. Right? Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it was a great quarter. Well, then Virginia Tech gets a chance to regroup at halftime, make some adjustments, and he comes out in the third quarter, and they've adjusted to it. They're mixing up their looks and confusing a true freshman quarterback, and all of a sudden he goes one of six for two picks, and the only touchdown he threw in that half or that quarter was to Virginia Tech. He's not ready to be that guy yet. This is a kid that played one year of football in the last three years. That's it. He's incredibly talented. He has a tremendously bright future. But the future's not now, at least not this week. Maybe it is by November, but it's not right now. I I would play him less, to be completely honest with you. I mean, you can't keep – what if Jack Cohn comes out, Sean, and first three series leads Notre Dame to two touchdowns and a field goal, and then you yank him? yeah. You know, I mean, because, you know, that's your plan. Look, I I have no problem starting Jack Cohn. I personally would start Jack Cohn. I would advocate for, like I said before, look, figure out what Jack Cohn does well. Because I would argue that the – the three or four most impressive stretches that we've seen of the offense this season, three of those were with Jack Cohn, a quarterback. 
And you look at the second half against Purdue, which has turned out to be a pretty darn good defense. It's in the top 10 in scoring defense. You look at what he did against Florida State. And then, you know, the late, the, the fourth quarter against Virginia Tech. You could take, you know, a couple of those Tyler Buckner drives, but in, in regards to sustained success, this offense has been at its best when Jack Cohn's a quarterback. Now, it's also been at its worst when Jack Cohn's a quarterback. You have to figure out how can we make those best moments more effective. And if they can do that, I still believe if used correctly, Jack Cohn is the best quarterback for this football team in 2021. When you look at this USC defense, it, it looks like one where Notre Dame's offense should be able to have some success against. What do you see when you've looked at them? It's a very strange group. <laughs> you know, you look at the secondary and it's loaded with former top recruits, whether it's Chris Steele or Isaac Taylor Stewart or Isaiah Polamau or Greg Johnson or Chase. I mean, all top recruits. I believe Notre Dame offered all those guys. and But they just don't play to that level. And, and But then you say, well, you know, boy, that's a, that's a vintage USC talent group. They're just not playing to their potential. And that's true. Then you look at the front seven, and you're, it's like, well, this is not, this isn't the same deal. This is just a group that, outside of Drake Jackson, who's a very talented edge rusher but banged up, this is not a very talented USC front seven. Of course, the the counter argument to that is, hasn't <laughs> been a very good Notre Dame offensive line this year. Well, yeah, either it, yeah. And so, to me, it's a tremendous opportunity for the Notre Dame offensive line to really start building some momentum and gain some confidence. I mean. If you look at the numbers of the final six teams from a defensive standpoint, I mean, it is bad. I mean, it is a very soft schedule. And they've played four top 25 defenses in the first half of the season. They're not going to play a single top 60 defense in the second half of the season. And USC is a perfect example of that. Some good players here and there, but overall not a very talented unit and not really good at stopping anything. If, as long as you execute and don't turn the ball over, something they're pretty decent at this year, you should have success moving the ball and putting the ball in the end zone. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you mentioned Drake Jackson, the outside linebacker, they only have 10 sacks as a team. He has three of them. Uh, he was banged up against Utah. Dante Williams saying yesterday he's day-to-day. So, I mean, do they, do they basically, you know, do, do, do they pretty much have to have <laughs> Drake Jackson out there, do you think, to, to really have a chance? If the Notre Dame offensive line plays like it did against Virginia Tech, yes. If it plays the way it did the first five games of the season, I don't think it matters. Then all bets are off, yeah. Right. I mean, just because you, you've seen a, an offensive line that's just fundamentally unsound, that they're just letting guys basically go untouched at times. Well, it doesn't require a potential first-round draft pick to, to, to make a sack when you're not blocked, right? Um, so if he plays and he's good, 
and he is a guy that you know is healthy enough to be at his best and Notre Dame plays like it has in previous games it could be a problem but if they play to their potential uh, and play just assignment correct again I've never advocated for them to have to look like last year's line just don't be awful and just yeah. do your job and do it hard that's it that's all I ask if they can do that they're going to shut down this U.S. they're going to dominate this USC off defensive line even if Drake Jackson plays because in this situation, you can take him out of the game with a tight end, with a running back, with moving the pot. There are things you can do to take one guy up in your front seven away. It's making sure those other guys who aren't nearly as good as him don't make plays because you're not executing, you're turning guys loose, you're not blocking the nose tackle or picking up the corner fire, things like that. As long as Notre Dame doesn't make mistakes, whether Drake Jackson plays or not, it, it shouldn't matter in, in the big picture total outcome of the game. Now, the other Drake is Drake Johnson, and he is the uh, even bigger gun. 6'5", wide receiver, 64 catches, 832 yards, which means he's averaging 10.5 catches and 138.5 yards per game. So how would you go about trying to slow him down? You know, Sean, for me, when I think about defending Drake London, my first thought is just don't let him rip or off yet, the big plays. London, sorry. Yes. It's the nature of the offense. He's going to catch a lot of passes. You know, this is an air raid offense. I mean, when, when Graham Harrell, who went under – the offensive coordinator for USC's name is Graham Harrell. He played at US, He played at Texas Tech. Right. He went undrafted despite having like three years in a row of over 4,000 yards, and I think he had two over 5,000. You know, they throw the ball a ton. You know, they've, they've thrown the ball, I think, at least 42 times in all but one game this season, I, I believe. Uh, I'm looking at their, their numbers now just to make sure. That now, part of that's because they've been behind most of the time, right? Well, it's just who they are. I, I mean, even if you look at the Washington State game that they won 45-14, to 14, they threw the ball 48 times. I mean, it's an air raid offense. I mean, yeah. USC rushed for over, like, 90 yards last year. I mean, they, they just don't run it. You know, they're they're averaging like 128 this year, despite having two backs on their roster that have, have over 1,500 career rushing yards. They just don't run it. That's just not what Graham Harrell does, which I think is a mistake. But uh, they're going to have to try to be balanced this year. They made that they tried they made that mistake early against Notre Dame in 2019, if you remember. They came out early and just tried to throw it all over the field, and they had a loaded group of wide receivers. I mean, Drake London was their fourth receiver that mm -hmm. year. They had Michael Pittman and Tyler Vaughns and yeah. Amon Ross St. Brown as well. They tried to throw it all over the field, and Notre Dame shut them down, had a 17-3 lead. Well, then they came out in the second half. They made some adjustments. They started running the ball, and all of a sudden that balance allowed USC to storm back. He's Hopefully, if you're a USC person, he's learned that lesson, and Notre Dame's going to have to be really good up front and make sure that they don't create balance. But when it comes to Drake London, you just have to prevent him from making the game-wrecking plays. You know, Brian Kelly talks about game wreckers a lot, right? And, and mm -hmm. I think it's a great phrase because a team like USC, they're just not that good as a team. But they have a couple guys that, if they go off, can make this game a lot more competitive than it should be, and possibly lead them to an upset victory. And Drake London's one of those guys. You can't let him, you know, catch a six-yard pass and and make guys miss and turn it into a twenty-five-yard gain. You right. can't let him beat you down the field for forty-yard gains when you've got him back on a third and eleven. They're going to move him all over the field. Uh, but the good thing for Notre Dame is they've faced a guy like this already in. David Bell from Purdue. Yeah, and they shut and him when, down. Yeah, right. And when exactly, and when you look at David Bell, I mean, you look at what he did this weekend to Iowa, who has a great <laughs> defense, and you look at the numbers he's put up this season. He's his numbers are very similar to Drake Jackson's. He's had over 100, at least 120 yards in every game he's played this season, except for one. And that was against Notre Dame. Now he caught seven passes against Notre Dame, but they only went for 64 yards because what they did a great job of is when he caught the ball, he went down. 
It's a lot of quick throws and getting the ball out quick. If he catches it at seven yards, tackle him at seven yards. And then don't let him get those deep balls going. And the key to that is just dominate a front. Don't if Keaton Slovis is getting rushed and pressured and hit in the face, he's not accurate. He rushes decisions and he'll turn the ball over. That's going to ultimately be the key to this game. But just don't let him make those game wrecking plays at, at receiver. Real quick, Brian, because you mentioned the fact that Notre Dame's not going to see a top sixty defense the rest of the way. How how would you rank in in order these last six opponents of the season? Oh, as, as defenses or just as a whole? Just, oh, overall teams, yeah. So I, I did I did this kind of last week, and of course they've played games since then, but uh, Virginia to me is the best team that's left on the schedule. Okay. Uh, to me, you know, because they are, I mean, they've got a really, really special quarterback, but I'd, I'd, I think I'd go um, Navy six, I went Stanford five, Georgia Tech four, and then USC, North Carolina, three and two. I'd go with North Carolina, two, because I think North Carolina has more depth of playmakers and they have a more balanced okay. offense. They're both pretty bad on defense. And so to me, and I think North Carolina's better quarterback. So I think North Carolina's, that team could just erupt for 59 points like they did to Virginia. I mean, Virginia's the number one team on my schedule. I just said they're five and two. They're about to jump in the top 25. North yeah. Carolina beat them 59 to 39 because they just they, they went off that game. And, of course, a couple games later, they get blown out by Georgia Tech. <laughs> but North Carolina is the one team that if they play their game, they're the most dangerous, but they're also pretty inconsistent, which is why I have them two behind Virginia. Okay. Brian Driscoll from irishbreakdown.com. Let us know real quick before we uh, wrap it up what else is going on right now over there. Well, we uh, we have a lot going on, obviously, breaking down the game, uh, looking at the midweek musings today, which I actually broke down the defenses and just put on paper just how bad it has been. We have our stacking up features. We'll have our you know keys to victory and matchup and all those types of articles. And then also 247 Sports came out with their updated rankings for the 2022 recruits. And Notre Dame has now – they had two guys jump in the top 247. They now have 13 of their 21 commits are ranked in the top 247, top two, 247, and 12 of them are ranked in the top 200. Wow. So it just shows how good that 2022 class is. I think five of them were top 100 recruits. So really, really just a loaded class and uh, 247 sports. You know, Notre Dame fans say, oh, they're always always dropping our recruits. Well, not this time. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of guys made huge jumps. Uh, and uh, I broke all that down on the front page of the site, too, so you can check that out. All right, sounds good. Brian Driscoll, irishbreakdown.com. Get some sleep. Enjoy the game this weekend. I'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on, Sean. All right, absolutely. Brian Driscoll, irishbreakdown.com, the Sports Illustrated Notre Dame website.
It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com